as I've gotten older, I've become more like a cat. Like, literally. Mm. I hate to go outside, and because uh, of my ears, I'm really afraid of water. Hmm. Well, oh, oh, hey guys. Welcome to another episode of, uh, what's the name of my podcast again? I think I'm on Nerd Gush, but then you said it was intro, intro. It's a crossover episode, guys. Today is interviews mixed with Nerd Gush, because we have a nerdy guest today, nerdy like myself. He uh, is a video game creator, actually. So we're going to be talking about video games uh, and, and, and other nerd-related topics and such. So welcome to the show. So Matt, Matt Edson, how, how you doing, bro? Good. How are you, Zach there? I'm excellent. I got my coffee. I'm trying to wake up from a nap. We're, we're having a great time. Nobody knows what's in that cup, though. It's a mystery. I said it's coffee, but it I mean, could be. they have to take my word. I mean, that's a lot of whiskey to put in the cup. Whew. Goes down harsh. <laughs> Well, this, yeah. is, this is just straight rum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all I, I could afford. I got the ABC rum. Like, yeah. So, hey, do you want tap water or would you rather have rum? It's three, and I was like, Zach, we're doing a podcast. Give me the rum, man. It's 300 proof, so <laughs> I figure, you know, it'll get the job done. It's the only way to talk about Axe Cop. So, Axe Cop, you know, before we get to Axe Cop, I want to know, so what, what got you into making video games? Um, well, it was a ninth grade. And my buddy Ben Stevenson was making a game called Bashindi, the One-Armed Fencer. I've played this game. And he gave it to me on a floppy disk, and it blew my mind. And then he also gave me a copy of the Game Construction Engine, and then that also blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of started learning over and over, and just kind of kept sticking with it. Was that like RPG Maker? It's, a, it's called the OHR RPG CE, which stands for the Official Hamster Republic RPG Construction Engine. Nice. We've asked them to make a better name for it, but... It's just like open source internet technology, isn't it? I think People recently it's become made it. open source. It wasn't originally, okay. Right. But it's still out there, right? Yeah, they still make updates for it and everything. Is that... I kind of well. I don't want to jump forward to Axe Cop, but is that what you uh, use to make Axe Cop? Yes, oh. I've been primarily using that, or I've only used that since I was thirteen. That's awesome. Well, like what um, what games were your biggest inspiration? Because I get definitely a, like an NES, Super Nintendo kind of RPG vibe from a lot of your like your stuff that I played. What would be like the biggest inspiration? Well, do you think? The biggest game inspiration of all time is my favorite game, and that's Final Fantasy IX. That's a, like, that's a different one. That's not most people's favorites. I know. You know, people usually give me a lot of crap because I've never played Chrono Trigger and Earthbound. I love Chrono Trigger. I know. And everyone's like, Matt, Axe Cop's just like Earthbound. How have you never played this? And I'm like, I don't know. That's I, I can see that. It's on my list for this year to do. Yeah, you do a lot of stuff with inter interesting puzzles and like locomotion stuff with the characters, and that's definitely a big part of, right. of a Chrono Trigger. It definitely. But what, what's your favorite thing about Final Fantasy IX? What, what, why is it that one? I love I, the art style in that one. I, I love, um, just like, I, I hate to say all of it, because that's the game I've played the most in my whole yeah. life. But, like, I just, I love the world and how grounded everything feels in it. It's interesting, because the characters are kind of, like, cartoonish, too. They're kind of, but it's, yes. the world itself is, like, really realistic. Yeah, it's super well built. That's one I haven't played a whole lot of, actually. I'll have to get on it. Yeah. I don't have an excuse with emulators. Now I can play. I don't have an excuse for not playing Chrono Trigger. <laughs> this is true. It's just time. 
time is the main excuse, Isn't that the especially if you get about? to be our age. Well, <laughs> if only time travel was real so I could go back to play Chrono Trigger anytime I wanted. But then you wouldn't feel guilty about having not played it as much as you wanted to play it. Or I'd feel even worse, because I had such crazy technology, but because I never used it. Because time will no longer it. be an issue. Yeah, right. Because now you'll have then all I the have time. no excuse. You have no excuse. Time was my one excuse, bro. you you got to give me that at <laughs> Fine. Least. Time, there you go. Well, um, yeah, so what... When did you get into gaming? Was it NES stuff, or did you start more on the PlayStation kind of era? Was that uh, it was it was a NES Game Boy. Okay, nice. Yeah. And uh, first home console I got was a Sega Genesis. Very cool. And then Sonic the Hedgehog just kind of blew my mind. That explains it. Yeah, I was I was a Nintendo guy, and my friend had a Sega. I never had a Sega. It just it, it, it makes thing. you into a different person. It does. I'm always going to be the Sega kid, and yeah. you're going to be the Nintendo kid, and we're just going to be rivals because of it. Sega! No, that's true. I mean, there's a lot of shared games, so there's a uh, lot of good good content on both consoles. I'm not going to nag Sega. I, actually, I had... I don't even know where this came from, but my mom or someone found it at a yard sale, but it was a Nomad. Have you ever heard of this system? No. It was, lit it was, it was like a Game Gear, but it was a Sega portable, and you put full Sega cartridges in it. Wow. And it was awesome. I played so many cool games on that, and I, I don't know what happened to that console, but I bet it's worth a lot of money now, being a portable Or it could be like Sega the Virtual thing. Boy, where it just makes everyone's eyes bleed. No, this was just straight, you were playing Sega, but on a portable screen, and it was awesome. Was it like Genesis cartridges you put into it? Full Genesis cartridges. That's insane. So it was, yeah, and it was, it was, I was a kid, so it wasn't... So you could play Sonic 1 on the toilet without needing like 40 batteries yeah, on the Game Gear. and I did. And some like crazy space game. There was like a Star Trek game on there I really liked that I could cool. never figure out how to play, <laughs> but seemed really cool at the time. Games didn't explain things well back then. No, no, that was part of the fun though. It's just hey, I'm smart because I figured it out. Well, and they had more imagination because you, it wasn't just laying it all out for you. You had to like kind of piece together what the plot was and right. what these little sprites represented. I think that was part of the charm. Um, so how did you meet, and I believe, I looked this up, I used Wikipedia, so this could be wrong. I'm on Wikipedia? No, but Ethan and Malachi are the creators of Axe Cop. Yes. Did, how did this collaboration, like, start, how, how did you meet them, and how did, uh, how did they get you pegged for Axe Cop? Maybe we should back up and explain what Axe Cop is, because I bet I, I didn't know until, re I've heard of it, like, vaguely. But I didn't know specifically what it was so, until you got involved. X-Cop is a comic book written by a 29-year-old uh, and... I don't know, written by a 5-year-old drawn by his 29-year-old brother. And uh, basically... So uh, is Malachi the younger brother? Yes. Okay, got it. So basically, I guess it was like one Christmas break, Ethan went to his family's house, and he was trying to find something fun to do with Malachi because they have like such a huge age difference. True. So Malachi says, hey, Ethan, do you want to play X-Cop? And then they went outside and they played, and then I, I'm pretty sure that it just turned into a comic, and then just the success over it just kind of took off. I don't think anybody was expecting for it to be a big thing. That's awesome. Was it like, so it was like a game they played together, like they would pretend was to be these played, yes. like characters and they'd make up stuff? It was playtime. Yeah. And Ethan would just have to take lots of notes. Yeah. And uh, I don't That's think awesome. he recorded it. I know he recorded them talking, but I don't think he like video recorded the playtime. Is is Malachi an adult now? Like, how old is did this? I think I happen? saw on Twitter the other like last year he got his driver's license, so I think he's at least sixteen. Okay, so it's probably ten to twelve ish years ago when they first started. Uh, well, the game came out for the ten year anniversary, which was last oh. January. Well, there you go. And we released it in Thanksgiving, 
So last year was the 10 year. So it's that this year is 11 years since Axcot came out. Awesome. So then they wanted to make a game. So was, did this start online or was it like a physical comic book? Was it like a? It was a web comic. Okay. That and then uh, it got popular enough that they got picked up by Dark Horse Comics. That's what it is. I saw the comic in the store, so I knew it was legit. I was. I thought you'd made the whole thing up, and it was <laughs> wasn't real. I'm creative, but I'm not that creative. Yeah. Well, you did. What was your character? You have Mr. Triangle. Yeah, and I've got a few other hodgepodge dudes. Where can people can find your your content, your your old games, and and where could they find Axcop? By the way, we I can put links on the page as well. But uh, just at redtrianglegames.com. Oh, that's easy. There's links to everything. You click on Axcop, it'll show you. Hey, you want to play it on Steam? You want to play it on Android? Hold on. Here we go. Not sure how close this is gonna be, but yeah, Red Triangle Games. There's the logo. Check it out. Yeah, where were we? So, how did they reach out to you? How did that happen? Well, the funny thing is, they didn't. Um, I really wanted to make an Axe Cap game for a very long time. I discovered it one day at work, uh, 2009, like when it kind of was kind of coming up. Yeah. And uh, my coworker's like, "Look at this! Who's the best fairy ever?" And Bat Warthog Man. And I'm like, "What?" So we spent like a whole day. Goofing off, just reading Axtop comics online. Um, and then it's always been in my head. And then mm. out of nowhere, I saw the show on Hulu. Oh, they have a show? Yes. Whoa. All the episodes are free to watch on Hulu. Holy cow. That, oh, that's okay. And uh, Nick Offerman <laughs> plays Axtop. Okay. I didn't know that. I would have watched that before this interview. <laughs> Actually, it's a good thing you didn't because we were strictly told that the game has mm. to follow the comics. And there can be no original content from the show only. It has gotcha. to be, if it appears in the comic and the show, it's safe. But if it appeared only in the show, it wasn't safe. So they're like separate properties. Right. Gotcha. So this is a comic book 10 year anniversary thing. That makes um, sense. But like, um, I was in between projects. Uh, I really, I send out emails to all kinds of places that I want to make games for. And Axcop's always been on the top of the list. So I went to the AxCop site and I, I emailed whatever email was there. Yeah. And I think it was Ethan's manager and it didn't go anywhere. So I was bummed out and then I just finished the other game I was doing. Then I got finished with that game and I said, man, I still really want to make this AxCop game. So I'm like going down the rabbit hole of how to contact people. Right. And I get on Facebook and there's the You're Ax basically cyber stalking him, is that right? No, I really wasn't. I was on the AxCop Facebook page, okay. and the, the handle says AxCop fan page. Hmm. So I thought it was ran by a fan. It was ran by Ethan. Wow. So I said, hey Ethan, this is Matt with Red Triangle Games. I'd love to make an AxCop game for you. And then we had some conversations, and then, well, kind of the rest is history, but like, I just didn't give up. I just went for it. That's awesome. I had no idea it was something you were like anticipating or hoping to do. That's, that's awesome. I just really wanted to do it. Happen. And my dad always kind of told me, he says, like, um, if you don't try for something, you'll never get it. So 100%. if you got to ask or you, you'll never get it. So what's the worst Ethan could have said? He could have said no, and then I would have moved on. I would have yeah. made, like, Surface Source 2. But now here you are. you got an official AxCop game. I have an official AxCop game. On Steam and other platforms. Yes. And that's awesome, bro. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's what I say, too. I mean, it's like... Something else people do is they let they let the perfect be the enemy of the good. They're like so worried they won't do something just right. They don't even try. It's like no, you, you gotta you gotta just get yourself out there. 
Like you just gotta try, man. Yeah. It's just like dating. You just gotta it like the rejection is gonna suck. Let's not talk about dating. No, that's that's, that's, that's not <laughs> it's a sore subject. Well, it's like anyway. Back to video games. You just gotta <laughs> you gotta put yourself out there and hope for the best. This is true. This is true. That's all. Get on that. Yeah, and don't put up with no shit. So that's another thing. <laughs> so back, I got my list of questions here. That's what I'm referring to. So. Is, is don't put up with shit on the list? Don't, how do you not put up with shit? There it is, right there. How do you put up with shit? Oh, oh, oh wait. Are you a piece of shit? Hey. Oh, sorry, sorry. What kind of interview place uh-huh. is this? So, it's a crossover. It's a crossover episode. <laughs> so, so how how much was uh, Ethan and I don't know if Malachi does any of the creative stuff anymore, but how, how much were they involved in the creation of the game, or did they just kind of let you go? So um, I'm really paranoid about having the reins on something mm. and screwing it up. You don't want all that pressure. I don't want I, – I, I really – at first I kind of wanted – to be told what to do, almost, because it's like it's not my baby. Yeah, you want to know what the boundaries are. So once he kind of said comic book only, and I I read the like after he greenlit it, because the first level we made was the was the demo we proposed to him. It's the land of volcanoes. I played you, that. That's the first level, basically. It's the first level. Yeah. And you kill all the dinosaurs. Yeah. Which was sad. It was old. That was that was the proposal we gave to Ethan. Okay. Um. So we knew that was going to be in there either way because it's an origin story or whatever. So then I'm like, what is the game going to be? And I, I, I was like, you know how Garfield comics are just a bunch of short stories and they don't connect and it's just a bunch of nonsense? Yeah. So it's like managing to con- like read a thousand Garfield comics and connect them all together to say, it's this is the order they should go in. Yeah, you made the Marvel Universe of, of <laughs> Garfield comics. So. Like. Like, I knew this was an anniversary comic game, so, like, how do I connect all this stuff? And and so it was like, well, I know I gotta take some of the popular stuff. I gotta take some of the stuff I actually wanna do. I gotta right. put the characters that are fan favorites, plus the characters that I personally love. Because it's like, if I just make a fan service game, I'm not gonna have fun. I gotta enjoy myself, but I can't make the whole game about me, because that's not what this is supposed to be. Right. So it was just this, this, this huge amount of pressure to get it right. But also to do it right, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, help motivated you. So like I would I would just read the books over and over and over again. And then there were some unpublished things that were on the internet that weren't in volume six. Like uh, there's a issue like it was like Ask Axe Cop or it's like um, with Ace Cop where he meets Ace Cop in Las Vegas. Crossover episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then there's like this whole arc with the songster, which is a whole other thing, which he tried some, he was working on the songster during the production of the game when it started. Mm. And it was this interactive thing where you could listen to music that was made for the comic of like raps and stuff. And, and the raps were written in the comics so you could follow along. That's really cool. Yeah. It's pretty dope. I like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just it, the, the pressure of getting it right was just. Like how do you how do you respect and pay tribute to six volumes and ten years worth of content? Well, so you weren't able, I assume, to get like all the characters in there. You had to really um, cut stuff out. Like how much was in the comics versus how much ended up. There's very the little game. that's not in the game that's from. It the It seemed comics. like a lot was in there. Yeah. Like it was, it, it got to be a little OCD for me to. Yeah, it was a little overwhelming when I got to that first like break point in the main story when. I, I think that's where when you get back to like the city block and things are kind of destruction after you have that crazy adventure in the sky and you on. crash 
and there was a lot of characters and like people to talk to and I was there's like so there's more. a lot going on here like <laughs> and that like that and that segment that's only half the town is available whoa okay yeah I barely scratched the surface I barely, yeah. I barely scratched it <laughs> I, I really like too let me see yeah there's a lot of like game references I feel like too like um, like video game well, see references. the thing that makes Axcap kind of I think, like, getting back to your your previous question, mm. I, I didn't want to... Yeah, I'm kind of jumping the gun a little bit. It's okay. Um, <laughs> it's your show. Do Listen, whatever you there's want. only so much structure I can implement <laughs> This is episode seven, all right, guys? Wait, what time is it? Oh, where am I? We're right. out of time, guys. Oh, See ya. Sorry, bye. We're almost out of rum. Um, <laughs> I still got a lot of rum. <laughs> um, but you asked uh, how, what involvement Ethan had in the comic. Mm -hmm. So basically, once I kind of figured out my roadmap of mm -hmm. what I wanted to do, I would just send it to him, and I would say, can I do this? Nice. And he would say yes or no. And then eventually it got to the point where he was like, listen, I know you really, really love Axe Cop. I trust you. Nice. Do it right. I know you'll do a good job. And then I'd only ask him really, really tough questions. That's good. He saw your nerd heart, and that I, was I, I think he could tell that it means a very, very lot to me. No, that's great. Yeah, he saw the, your, your content and saw you were doing good stuff. So it sounds like, yeah, he was he let you do what you wanted, but you would just get okay approvals from him. Periodically, so, yeah. No, that's awesome. How, and how big of a team did you have? Was it mostly you, or did how many people were helping you make this game? There are... Uh, Red Triangle Games is a one-man thing. Mm -hmm. It just... I had to have an identity for Google when I was publishing games, so I didn't want to say, "Oh, these are Matt Edson games," because I didn't want to. I wanted my yeah. privacy to be a little protected. I get. Oh, oh. Well, they just know you. They heard your name now. Yeah, but so. they don't know where I live. My address. Okay. And stuff. Well, that is. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the screen now. <laughs> <laughs> Dial in. Um, that's the only way you can get cups, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, message me if you if you want any swag. We'll see what we can do. But um. My uh, my good buddy, uh, his name is Soda Piggy. He uh, he and I have collaborated many times. Is that his over Christian years. name as well? Or? Uh, no, he's actually had several names, but I think okay. Soda Piggy is the name he's decided to keep. Gotcha. Very good. Um, but yeah, Soda Piggy and I have been working together for over ten years. Okay. So we you got made history. Mr. Triangle's Adventure. We made Surfosaurus. We collaborated even before then, and then I was like, Hey, man, what I is his role in your uh, on your team? Uh, well, for Mr. Triangle's Adventure and Surfosaurus, he only wrote the music. Oh, okay. I love the music, by the way. Going into Axe Cop, we knew we had to elevate it. Because I, I can do okay art, but I can't do art as good as he can. Okay. So, like, all the map-based art when you're walking around, the mm -hmm. overhead view stuff, that yeah. was on me. Okay. But he would do all the battles and the big sprites. Nice. So, it looked um, great, and the sound was awesome. I love the soundtrack. The, uh, he wrote the soundtrack, and he... Uh, he did the, the battle sprites and stuff. That was something that was very Mega Man to me. The the soundtrack reminds me a lot of well, old NES. Like it's Mega funny Man, that so. you say that because uh, you know how Mega Man you have like the eight bosses that you pick. And this is kind of that with the computer yes. system. I noticed that too. Um, so I wanted each level to have its own feel, and like there are some people that kind of get it and don't get it, and that's totally fine. Why there's not a battle theme? But that's because I wanted the level themes to be so dynamic. That's cool. There's no battle theme when you fight, like, well, the flip-top guy in Mega Man. It's just, you're, you're going. Yeah. Just keep going. Yeah, yeah, The momentum has never stopped. The song doesn't start over again. And that repeated song can get annoying if it's the same, if it's a, so it's if gotta be the good. same boss battle every time music. That, that gets, yeah. 
That doesn't work. So when all the level themes feel as good fighting and combat as it does in exploration. Because I want the momentum to just stay the same. Mm. So that was like a decision that we had to, to not do a traditional JRPG battle theme and a victory theme. I think it worked well, yeah. And that there was something else in the sprite art. Was this a specific reference you did on purpose? In I think it's in act in the let's see in the police station, the prison. The prisons look exactly like the prisons from Super Nintendo Legend of Zelda. W was that on purpose, or did they sprites just happen to look that way? Everything was drawn originally, but okay. every there were a lot of source material that we referenced. Um, we're getting back to the other question that I kind of went back to the old question now. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's like an onion, this it's conversation. It's an onion. <laughs> it stinks? Sure. I don't know. What is the way the Shrek that. joke goes? Uh, yeah, I don't remember. It's layered. Layers. That's the correct answer in the Shrek movie. Yeah, but it, we could say... I think Donkey funny. thought because Shrek smelled that he thought onions were... I think that was the joke. Luckily, I haven't got my smell-o-vision adapter from Amazon yet, so you can't smell this at home, but... That was going to be a huge feature I wanted to have. <laughs> they break that for Then they would be able to smell the rum and the whiskey. If that's what it is. It could be coffee and water. That's ridiculous. Yeah, who would do that in the middle of the afternoon? That's ridiculous. Um, but, uh... So, Axe Cop is very much about Malachi's childhood. Mm -hmm. And what Ethan could put his own childhood spin on. So, like, when Ethan created the Moon Warriors... Uh, based on Malachi's like concept of the ninjas from space, gotcha. Ethan loved Double Dragon when he was a kid, so that's why the Moon Warriors look oh. just like the Double Dragon characters. That's awesome. So like, approaching a visual style for this, I was like, how do I make this game look authentic to someone's childhood from a game design perspective? What are the first games that I grew up falling in love with? I fell in love with Pokemon. I fell in love with uh, the Game Boy Zelda games. Those are my two games that, like, those are my, my first loves with game design. Yeah, I feel that. Um, so a lot of the style is based on that because this game is a love letter to the things that I loved growing up as much as mm -hmm. Axe Cup is a love letter to the things Malachi loved when he was growing up. That's awesome. It really comes across. Like, I really felt it. Yeah, just first from the intro and the whole vibe of the game and the music and everything. So. And Soda Piggy, he loved Dragon Warrior mm. and all that stuff. So that's when he got to really flex his muscles with the battle stuff and really put his childhood into it. So it's just it's this whole inoculation of... Uh, You're making me really excited to jump jump back in and finish the game now, too. I, I thought like you said, I hey, I finished the game. Let's have the interview. I know. So we could talk about spoilers. I know. Well... We can we can still do spoilers. No, it won't be fun for you if you haven't. Well, what what was your what was your what was it's your? It's a crossover episode. <laughs> what was your goal with the game? Was it to try and tell the entire Axe Cop story? Was it to get like specific parts? Like what when you were when you were finalizing the concept? What was your overall like goal? My goal from day one was to make a ten year anniversary game. Mm -hmm. How do you tell all of the stories? All at the same time. And that was my goal. Is to make every story beat humanly possible feel represented in this game. I want people... I, I, I didn't want to make this game to make a sequel. I have a sequel idea. I don't really want to do it. But it's there. Because I can't help it. But I wanted this to be the one game. Yeah. This would sum it, be the summation. It's just sum. All of it. Yeah. yeah. And that was my goal. Is to just put the... Just nail on the head. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I think you did a good job. Thanks. Um, so how much 
that kind of brings me to another question. So how much of the humor in the game, because there is a lot. Obviously, Axe Cop itself is a very humorous thing. But how much of the jokes in the game is you versus the original material? And did you add, like, video game kind of jokes that were your own that kind of um, fit the atmosphere? Or is it all pretty much from the source material? All of the missions are based around story arcs in the game. And then once the game takes off in the main narrative that connects all the stories together... Okay, so they're they, not all just it, separate. They start out that way, mm. and whenever humanly possible, I will use dialogue that's been written. Right. Even you if it doesn't it right from the 100% match the dialogue I've written. Yeah. Or what the dialogue they've written in the book. So it's like, I always want to bring that authenticity. I always want the comic to be first. Mm. Um, but... Because it's a giant RPG, and it's like connected to a thousand Garfield comics, um, I would say it's about 50-50. Okay. So there's a lot of you in there. It, it, I, I, uh, I definitely felt Axe Cap's personality influenced my own during the production of this mm -hmm. game. When it fits your other style of like the comedy from your Red, tri Red Triangle games, like it, it, it seems to just flow perfectly. I, I like uh, quirky comedy with a little bit of sass. Yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> I think that describes this conversation. That's going to be the description. It's a crossover <laughs> episode. With a little bit of sass. We should, when you edit this video, you should make a, a counter that appears on the bottom that says how many times we've done a crossover episode. He thinks I'm going to edit this episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode Cute. Seven. Cute. <laughs> I don't know. That laugh was a little long. I might cut that oh, laugh oh, out. Here, let me do it again. <laughs> Whoa, wow. Um, so that, I, I love the mechanics, too. That kind of brings up your style a little bit more, too. Like, the running mechanics early on was really fun. Like, it was just straight fun. And having to run around and find the different dinosaurs and the little secret things. And, like, I, I did glitch out a little. At one point, I ended up, like, off the, the stage where I, where I shouldn't be and, like, somehow found my way back. I, I should have sent you that. I should have sent you a glitch report. Yeah, I'm not talking about it in the podcast. But I figured I was worried. <laughs> oh shoot! <laughs> this part I will definitely edit. But no, where did you, where did you get those ideas? And I haven't. Oh, and the way you switch abilities like seamlessly. I swear it might be the best implementation I've ever seen of where you need to use a certain character to break through a certain thing. And it easily switches over like seamlessly without having to go to a menu and like confusingly do stuff. Um. There's three different ways to, to switch between characters. Yeah, that's genius. There's you, there's a dedicated button just to switching, mm -hmm. and then you can switch from the main from the main menu, mm -hmm. and then when you interact with said object, it gives you a prompt. That's what I'm talking about. And everybody that was genius. I like the prompt, the auto prompt. I'm like, I do too. Some it's, people don't get it's it, so which is easy. weird because I'm like, hey man, I gave it to you other ways if you don't like this. <laughs> I one. thought I like that too. It was genius. <laughs> But no, that's like, I hope other games copy that because it worked. It was better than like Pokemon when I'd have to cut down I, um, a tree and I'd go to my menu, I'd switch my Pokemon. Hit the th it's just, it's, it's clunky. I think Pokemon is just prompts only. You need to teach Nintendo. I would love to make a, to I actually it. have a whole design schematic, which is not Axe related for a Pokemon based game. Whoa. Yeah. Have you thought about just making it like Pokebob and making it your own version and not calling it Pokemon? I, um, I don't know that I want to do another RPG just yet. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, it's a lot. I mean, X Cop was about three and a half years. Surface Source was a year. Mr. Triangle's Adventure was four years. So you mostly do RPGs, right? Yeah. So for for almost ten years, that's all I've done. I want to take a break. 
Well, I mean, based on your mechanics, like, I could see you putting together a fun, like, adventure action game or even a platformer. Like, I could see you got the you got the. I want to keep doing different stuff. Yeah, I like it. What? Let's see. I'm, listen, I'm running out of questions here. So, favorite or most influential games growing up? You kind of mentioned some of those already, though, actually. Final I can't Fantasy play IX. Final Fantasy IX without wanting to make another RPG. Yeah. That's I just, true. I always want to make my Well, perfect. don't play Chrono Cross, because that'll make you want to make another <laughs> RPG. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy IX is just my favorite one. Um, I don't know, there's just so much to love about that game. I feel like we should both play it, and then there's a whole episode we can do just on Final Fantasy IX. I would love to do that. Like a book club, but for video games. Game club. And we talk, the, the only problem is it takes like 100 hours to play a Final Fantasy game. <laughs> is there like... Is there like the normie version where someone's like edited out parts? That Just you watch can, the whole thing. On so YouTube. you can beat it in five hours. Watch the cliff notes. I don't think I've ever beaten a Final Fantasy game. I got really close to beating Final Fantasy X. But that was hard. That was very hard. I think I got to the boss towards the last bit of the game that like infinitely heals itself. And if you didn't have the right setup, it was just really hard. To I've only played that him. game once, but it, it, it had a lot of frustrating fights. Definitely. I think it scarred me. For, I tried to play Final Fantasy VII before that and kind of got lost, but I liked it. Did you play the remake? No, the original. I mean, have you played the remake? No, I haven't. It's pretty good. Is it? Yeah. I'm just worried it's going to be endless like parts. It it's never going to finish. It's yeah. just going to be like, here, there's more Final Fantasy we can sell you. You played the first game in 40 hours. Now yeah. play the first five hours in 40 hours. Yeah, one of the sequels is going to be nothing but like the Chocobo and the Desert part, and that'll be the whole release. And like, <laughs> You'll spend 30 hours just doing that. Like, I will skip that one. It'll be there, I'm telling you. Um, well, what, what other artistic outlets do you have? Because I know you do other... You do stuff other than I, video uh, games. I write music sometimes, like, uh, to kind of, like, space, not space out, but, like, just to kind of get out of my head. Because, like, game design, like, I, I feel like when you do it right, it becomes kind of a big part of who you are. So getting, shutting down that mentality is really important. And, um, and so, like, I'll, I'll, when I want to shut my brain down, I'll say... Okay, it's time to make another album. So, um, and I'll just... Hey, <laughs> okay, well, go back to the salt mines. Back to the salt <laughs> mines. Um, so, like, I was getting a little tired on Axe Cap, getting to the end and the pressure of getting it right and all mm. the bugs fixed and everything. There's a lot that goes into releasing stuff like that, man. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I, um, I did have the best bug tester I've ever had, ever. Yeah, that was another question. What, what was your whole team? You mentioned one guy, so you had a bug tester. Who all was working um, with you? The bug tester's name is Rue Lazaro. I think that's how you say his name. And we didn't do a great job, because I found a guy. <laughs> hey, I have watch a spreadsheet. This. Don't watch my... this, Lazaro. Don't. Rue knows he does, did a good job. I tell everyone in my game community to use Rue. He's fantastic. Awesome. Um, but also, uh, there's a lot of mini-games in the, in the game. Mm -hmm. And like when you watch the show... You'll see, like, it's a very fast-paced show. Right. It's like the comic's very fast. Yeah. So, like, I wanted to not make the whole game just feel like one giant action RPG. I, I'm like, you gotta change the how pace. do you break it up mm -hmm. and just say, okay, here's an abrupt stop. Here's something silly mm -hmm. that also works. So, like, in the snow level, you go on a snowboarding mission. That's largely because when I was a kid, I could never get past Sonic the Hedgehog 
three in the carnival zone. Right. As an adult, I learned, hey, I wonder if the internet has a way to get past this. They figured it out. Turns out out there were arrows on those things in carnival night, and you push the up and down buttons, and then you can go down, and then you can do the really awesome snowboarding part in Sonic 3 that I never have to do. So I was like, you know what? I'll put in the snowboarding part in Axe Cop. Yeah. So it's just stuff like That's that. That's for your inner child. Yeah. It's oh. my childhood in the game. So how so you had you, you had I had a one I had two people program mini games. Okay. Uh one's name he works for a company called Spoonweaver Studios. He's another one man studio guy. Cool. The other one's James Page. He actually is the guy that made the game construction engine that I used. Oh. So he there's like this really he did two two big ones. There's like this big side-scrolling shooter level where you actually fly an Axe Cop's dinosaur and you shoot aliens and fight this giant spectacular boss battle before you go inside of him to save Whoa. all the good guys that were stolen. That's awesome. They weren't kidnapped. They were stolen. They were stolen. Yeah. So. And so that's what, four. And then I had a sound effect guy. So the way the guy that made the software that you used. He helped program it. two of the mini games. Wow. Are you guys just close from like forum interaction, or how how did you know him from just we've working been, with uh, this product? We've for just so always been email close for years. Yeah, that's what I love about nerds is the those communities that that pop up around stuff like that. It's really cool. Um, we have a whole Discord where we all just sit around and talk about game design all day. It's pretty awesome. That's very nerdy. <laughs> it's definitely the nerdiest I thing like I do. It. I like it. Um, sometimes people talk so much about game design that they don't ever do game design. That's, that's when you take it too far. That's probably most people, really. Yeah, Everyone's right and everyone's the wrong. The doing is the most important. Going back to what you were saying, even if you're doing it wrong, <laughs> just do it, and then you'll learn from your mistakes. But. And then I had the sound effect guy, which I, uh, mm. two years ago, yeah, maybe it was three, I went to Orlando IX, um, which is a like a small little indie game conference in a full-sale university. Oh, cool. And uh, I put the game up. Like, I had a booth. Mm-hmm. I showed off the first couple levels, got people's opinions, made a mail list, gave pamphlets. And I met uh, Ryan McQuinn, who does uh, music and sounds at a company he runs called Neon Dolphin. Mm. And uh, like that. he and I got into co- talking, and he's like, hey, I can make sound effects just like what's in this game. And it helps free up Soda Piggy to do more art. Mm-hmm. So, great. Because so he was doing, like, music and sound and. Sound he was doing all audio. Like yeah. And, um, I mean, Ryan wound up making about 400 sounds for the game. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and they're all great. They're all fantastic. And they all have their own little piece of flair. Because it's like, you know how those old games, how they re, they recolored old sprites, and it felt cheap? Yep. I don't want to do that. Nice. This is an NES-inspired game. It, it pretends to use a lot of the limitations of it. It mm-hmm. will never be a game that could fit on an actual cartridge. But from beginning to end, it will feel... Nostalgic. It definitely does. So I didn't want to reuse sounds if I didn't have to. I didn't want to have to. Yeah. It was like everything in that game is just brimming with personality. Like every little detail, every dialogue box. Like that's the plan. Every little art, animation, and sound and music. Yeah, that's it, great. And I, I, I know nothing about Axe Cops, but I was enjoying the hell out of it. So yeah, don't feel like you have to be an expert or love the character to enjoy the game. So, and it's making me want to check out the other stuff too. So. I'll have to check out that show. Uh, we're doing, there's a Steam Summer Sale coming up. I think it starts sometime in 
in the summer. Um, is that one that? Happens? Yeah, I think it's summer sales in the summer. Yeah, time again is what, elusive. When do you think summer is? is? Is it possibly when summer is? I think that's when like normal people go to the beach. Really? I don't know when that is. We live in Florida where everything's awful at like summer. Oh, uh, you just doxed me. No one knows where I'm from, but oh, now I mean, they we, know I'm from. Florida. We live in um, Timbuktu. Timbuktu. We're live from Timbuktu. It's a crossover episode. No, we're from Timbuktu One. We're the original. Timbuktu One. <laughs> I have to take a bridge to go home, and I live in Timbuktu. Three. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, man, that's that's the extent of my video game and specific questions about this game. Is there anything else about XCOP you want to talk about specifically? Um. Well, the game came out on Thanksgiving, uh, and the Steam Summer Sale. All the Retron games games are going to be fifty percent off. So you, the summer's the best time to play the game. We're going to have a, an update soon with a new playable character, Liborg. That's right. I was trying to wait for that, but then I realized it wasn't coming, so I had to play it now. Um, and there's going to be, uh, let's see, there's a, there's a couple side missions done, another fighting zoo tournament, hmm. which is basically like a Coliseum fight. It's, so you added a whole other set of like the whole. Coliseum it's a boss fight? rematch cup. There you go. The very Mega Man again. And you have to, um, like there's some bosses that you didn't really fight one-on-one -on -one before, like they were inside of robots or something. So since they've been locked up in the jail, and now they're inside of... So you're just beating up prisoners? Is that the idea? Yeah, basically. I mean, Axcop cuts their heads off. He's pretty violent. I mean, it's, it's not for kids. Okay. But it's cute, because the kid wrote it. It is for kids. If an adult wrote it, like if it was Robert Kirkman, yeah. it would be awful. It would be horrible violence. And but a kid wrote it, so heads. it's cute. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, does, it feels like Power Ranger violence. It doesn't ever feel like threatening. You don't see the blood, right. but it's there. It's bloodless. It's bloodless death. With well, he swings the axe so fast it actually cauterizes the wound, so there's no blood. That's well, how powerful he is. Yes. Is that part of the mythology? <laughs> it is now. He has a lot of different... There's Ethan, a lot of different things Ethan, contact me if you want to use that idea. There's a lot of um, specific things that Axe Cop has that don't make sense, but... but also makes sense, like, yeah. the only way to grow a kick-ass mustache is to go from the past, get mustache wax, go back in time, put it on yourself as a baby, so then you can grow a mustache later. I mean, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, mustache wax. Time travel. But then it creates a paradox of, like, did you do it or would did I have had to go back to do it if it was already there? And if I, ha yeah. It there's a whole timeline, like a branch reality, where Axe Cop didn't grow up with a mustache, and then there's the one where he did. Yeah. So that's true Axe Cop. That's the Dragon Ball Z theory of, like, time travel creates alternate realities. It doesn't actually fix your reality. Right. Or there's the loop theory that it's all connected. And I like to think of branch realities when it comes to time travel. I think that makes the most sense. See, I'm the opposite. Yeah, I like You think it's all just... It just mm -hmm. fixes itself and continues. No, I just think if time travel... If, if someone had ever gone back into the past, they had always done that. So it's not like you can really change the past because sure. the past is kind of fixed. So like say you, you went back and you tried to save Abraham Lincoln, but we know Abraham Lincoln is dead today, so you must have failed. So you may have gone back and tried, but you didn't do it or else we, you know, he would be alive. Or, well, he'd be dead now because of time, <laughs> but he would have not been assassinated. He would have not been assassinated. That's true. But yeah, I, I really don't think it's possible in general, so it's just fun to think about. Oh, did you hear about that guy that has a car that can go through time? Yeah, like Doc Brown? Is this his name? I don't, I don't know if Brown's the right color, but I'm pretty sure that was right. <laughs> Not his car color, but his name. Yeah, the car was the car was like a silverish gray. Yeah, yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah. DeLorean, I think. 
But I, I like the idea of the branch realities because it's, it's neat. We do a little bit of time travel in Axe Cop. Do you? Because um, you kind of can't help it. The bad guys... Do you do it to get your mustache? No. Um, I've almost put that well, in the now game I'm disappointed. a few times. Because there's a place that you go to in the game called Zero Thousand and Zero. Specifically, zero, comma, zero, 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 comma, zero. Wow. It's written that way. It's referred to That's that way. That's a lot of zeros. Yeah. So I had to write, I had to put it in that it's way. It's like a Bitcoin number. And it's the it's the area and time, or space and time when animals could talk. Oh. Um, I didn't and, know animals And there's a reason why you have to go there in the game. So I, I've to been, talk to an animal? Do you have to get some information? I'm not in the room of the game, man. Oh, okay. It's I a pretty find late out. game thing. I gotta find out. But I was debating on putting uh, somebody there in one of the beds screaming about mustache wax. <laughs> just a little nod. Yeah, just yeah. a nod. I might still do it because I haven't posted the update yet. The update's probably going to come in a couple weeks. And it's going to have like a recolored Land of Volcanoes. It's going to have Liborg, the Boss Russ rematch. Uh, you're going to be able to fight Dr. Yahoo. And I think that's uh, I think that's the extent of the, the update. So like random fixes and updates yeah, and things like some that. some quality of life stuff. That's awesome. Do you have? You said you don't want to do an RPG next. Do you have any idea what kind of game you want to make next, or are you just waiting until um, it strikes you? I've made a few small little indie games this year so far. I made this art game called Missing You. Hmm. Um, it's just like this... I like art games. It's, it's like a five-minute game. If you if you play it for five minutes and you don't hate it by the time you're done, I feel like you did a good job. But it's just this game where these two people, they're from opposite parts of the world, and they miss each other, and they're looking at the moon together, hmm. and they make a wish on a star, and the star falls down. Yeah, it's sad. Uh, Sorry, it's getting a little... Um, Oniony in here. I'm actually uh, in the. I'm, I'm as I feel like it. I'm working on um, a bundle for Steam, and it's gonna have four games of mine, um, all put into one, and they're all gonna be totally different. Like there's a there's one game called Scare Spree where you run around scaring kids. And you get it's like an arcade game. What? Yeah, I know. Is this like something that you've always wanted to do in real no, life? No, it's a game you I would get arrested for, so you can't do it. Just run around the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, like, Damn kids! <laughs> it's a game that I I made like, believe it or not, like ten years ago, and I just keep coming back to it because I keep loving it. And I keep wanting cool. to make it better. And then I've got so this, it's like an arcade game. Yeah. It's an arcade game. Most of the games besides the art game are art, yeah. arcade games. Um, but uh, then there's Graffiti Goose, which is just like this kind of Doctor Mario styled game. Oh, okay. Um, I was it, thinking like the Untitled Goose Game. Did you play any of that? No, but I was thinking about making a game called Titled Goose Game. <laughs> that is a great idea. <laughs> that is. And a it good will be idea. with the same goose. Yeah, it's like a sequel. It's the sequel reference, but, but, but it's, not. Yeah, um, <laughs> hey, it's a different. It's a different title. It can't be the same it can't, goose. I can't get sued. It's not Untitled Goose no, Game. No, this too. goose has a title. This is a titled game. <laughs> I think you're confusing this with another game. <laughs> It's a crossover episode. It's a crossover. <laughs> no, it's just theft. And then there's um, another one called Night Slights, um, which is basically a medieval version of Cards Against Humanity. Oh. But I'm gonna in video game form. Yes, I'm gonna That's age cool. it down so it's like. So it'd be like a multiplayer game, or how would that work? It, they're all single player games. Okay. But I'm gonna age down Night Slights to be about for 13 and up. Not. So it's not about like the apocalypse and, and no nothing. And I'm gonna try to get all the raunchy stuff out of it. Yeah, well that's cool. That's, that's really different. That's the other version. I think that's a great idea. I would like to play these these short little. They'll games. be free, and they'll probably come out around the summer. Free? Will there be like a donation option? Sure. Okay, I'll send you some bitcoins. Fractions of a bitcoin. 
Hey, you just said a whole one. Actually, I said more. I said Bitcoins. That I means know. more than one. It's too much. Hey, man, if you play and you have a good time, that's worth everything in the world to me. Are you working on anything uh, currently? Um, I'm going to finish up the Axe Cop content, like I was saying, to come out in the next couple of weeks. I'm also working with another uh, developer. To, I'm producing a game this time oh. and helping with some level of development. It's a game called Blood Ledger. Uh, where it's mm. like more, it's like a thief game, yeah. where you're like an assassin. It's it's a, it's hard to get into it, quickly. Yeah. But it's like a stealth game. Okay. But uh, but like what? an overhead perspective type thing. What's the ledger part? I think that's his name, and he's also trying to clear out his ledger and stuff. Like his debt. Yeah. It's like killing people. Because he gets exiled from his homeland. But he wants to feel worthy enough to go home, but also he wants to do his own thing. So it's is it kind of like Thief or something like this classic? The, the, uh, the developer's main inspiration is Thief. Is it is it going to be stylistically similar to yours, like in sixteen bit looking kind yeah, of thing? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. And we've got a team going with that one as well. So it's teamwork's the way to go. Making games by yourself. Dude, a producer. That's legit, bro. Trying to, you know, I want to do something different. I've made like RPGs for ten years. It's time to do some new stuff. I think that's great. And I know you've been making music as well. You just finished an album recently, didn't uh, you? We're in the mixing stage of the new Shattermat album um, called Murder Hornets. Um, he he actually sings on the last two albums. Shattermat. The pretty, the pretty parts that I can't sing because I can't hold notes very well. Way in the background where it still sounds nice. He's at like 8% really volume. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way you want it. He's me. there, though. That's the way you want it. <laughs> you don't only want so much of me. <laughs> You plus two other dudes. That's true. And talk it's about just that. what it sounds like, ladies. <laughs> this is the part of the show where you either gain or lose subscribers. Maybe maybe <laughs> both in like equal numbers. It'll even out. It's a watch. It'll There's even 50 out. new ones. And we lost 50. Yeah. But now Google can't censor me because I might be gay, so <laughs> you can't you can't delete me or else you might be homophobic. <laughs> just remember this. Right? Oh man. But yeah, you just finished that, and you just did yeah. that music video, didn't you? Yeah. Um, one of my friends, he tragically passed away mm. uh, in January, and uh, I wasn't finished writing the album yet. Like, like, I think writing an album is a very hard thing to do because you want it to feel like a whole, a whole thing. I, I, I can't write music with a single mentality. Like, I, I like everything to belong. Yeah. That's why I make big games. That's why I make big albums. It's just because like. Everything needs to feel like it's part of something. That makes sense. And here's like all the themes from the album, like about loss and you know betrayal and stuff. And then my friend passes away, and that's like heartache to like the ultimate degree. Yeah, and you made music with him too, didn't you? Uh, the first band I was ever in called the Mark Eights. He was the drummer for that, and really, even, really good drummer. He was fantastic, and it was really weird. But I think. Um, when we, the song that you're talking about is called Wish You Were Here. Um, and the only... When I write with other people, I try not to give them any instruction. I, I like people to just organically come up with what they want to come up with. But when we're working on Wish You Were Here, uh, the drummer that we used was called Matt... His name is Matt Manasey. I don't know if I'm going to say his name right. I can't correct you. Sorry. I don't know. Sorry, Matt. Um, Matt M. Matt M, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I was like, Matt, I'm... I'm one thing he used to do a lot was he used to do lots of really crazy fills. I thought you were going to say cocaine. I didn't know where this was going. No. Um, but he used to do lots of crazy fills, and he, he just 
it really added like this this hardcore texture to it. Yeah. And it's this really soft song, but it sounds heavy at the same time. And I'm like, this is what he would have done if he had played this song. And this is the only time I've ever actually That's given awesome. like, a drummer instruction. Yeah. And he just knocked it out of the park. That's great. Yeah, I can link to your video in the description because it's on YouTube, isn't it? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'll link that so people can check that out. And then it's not for sale yet, or no, no, we're we're just started the mixing phase. Um, I think we got one, two songs mixed, and we're getting ready to start the other eight. Wow. Okay. So I'm yeah, hoping the wait. album. I'm hoping to have a big summer just overall. Shatter Mad album bundle should coincide about the same time. Yeah. And you have um, a Bandcamp page with your other yeah. music already. I can link to that for Shatter Mat. Well. Okay. And all the Thank other you. albums are there. They're all free, or they should be. Maybe you should maybe you should up the price now. Because cause now they're going to be... Yeah, make people want it. Uh, if people want to go listen, that's fine. Or I think that You can donate on Bandcamp as well. Yeah. I, I like to think that art should be something that should be accessible. And if you want it, you should be able to have it. I agree. That's always my model, is the value for value model. If, if you get value out of what I produce and you enjoy it, give me something back. You know, otherwise, don't worry about it. Yeah. And if you just enjoy it, I mean, that means that's why I make it. Share it. That's the biggest thing. I'd rather you share it with a friend and get more people to check it out than give me money. So. I 100% agree. I'd rather make free games that tons of people love. I mean, making a game that you could live off of is awesome, but... Well, I mean, there's a fine line, you know? Like, I, I want to survive, <laughs> you know? I want to survive. So if I can do that doing something I love, then all the better, but I'm not worried about being a millionaire or making a ton of bucks. Exactly. I just want to... I want to be an artist. Yeah. Exactly. I'm going to do what I love, and I want other people to enjoy it. That's the dream, damn it. It's the dream. It's the dream. <laughs> Crossover episode. Crossover episode. <laughs> this is the counter over here. Well, any where can people find you online, other than your band camp, which I'll link below? What a... um, so all the Red Triangle Games social media you can get from redtrianglegames.com. There's uh, links for the Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Okay. So you're all over the place. Try to. Yeah, and send me links, and I'll post up stuff on there where people can check it out. Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of wrapping it up, but anything else you want to talk about, we got the time. Well, you've been talking about me this whole time. How are you doing? <sighs> Actually, I'm doing really well. Good. I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm enjoying, enjoying the podcast. I'm enjoying talking to my friends about stuff like this. And uh, Yeah, it's been fun know. watching your videos. Yeah, if you ever want to come back, this is a great combo. We could talk about We're going to do the Final Fantasy Nine one. We're going to do, yep. Yeah. Check it out once I get 100 years. To, Unless he to, edits this part out of a video. That'll be the one edit. <laughs> just cut right there. <laughs> I'm not committed to anything. <laughs> no, I think that's a great idea. And uh, it would be a great, great episode. Well, Matt, I appreciate you coming. This is yeah, been a blast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, I'll see you guys next time. If you like, if you like what what you saw, give us a like, give us a comment, check out this man's stuff, check out his music video, and his game is on Steam and other platforms. Just, on itch and Google Play. It's all over the place. Check that shit out. Share the video with your friends. Yeah, share this video and uh, check out share his music video and share the game. It's fun, man. It's fun stuff. All right, everyone, have a great day. Cool. That was it. That was, that was great.